when does he get it? He doesn't. Why not? Because he broke the rules. What rules? We didn't see any rules, did we, Charlie? Wrong, sir, wrong. Wrong, sir, wrong. Wrong, sir, wrong. Wrong, sir, wrong. You lose a contract signed by him. You get washed. You get terrorized. All right, everybody. Just like uh, every success, we're trying this for the second time here at Age and Confused, a show that's rife with technical difficulties and surprisingly powerful insights to life in the universe as we know it. James, how are you doing today? <laughs> well, greetings from the uh, rainbow and unicorn capital of the Northwest uh, in a balmy 32 degrees here in Chicago with uh, tons of and plenty of yellow and brown snow to add icing on that cake here in the middle of April. That's that's the worst sounding snow cone I've ever heard of. It's it's delicious. Um, so my take home tip for all any of the guys listening, just if you want to feel better about your day, if you want to put a smile on your face, go talk to a pretty girl. All right, just just find one. You don't even have to say much. All right, and uh, as long as your dick isn't hanging out of your pants and she responds uh, in a fairly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, receptive way, you're gonna feel better about yourself. I I was just um I was exiting the hotel. I'm here in Italy, and uh, heading down the elevator, and a pretty girl got on the elevator and just kind of struck up some small talk with her. And uh, it was it was very nice, and she was she was Italian. She worked for an airline, and um and she said, you know, I I could tell you were American because only Americans start up conversations with strangers. She goes, Europeans are are much more kind of reserved about that kind of stuff. That seems kind of counterintuitive for, you know, being in, in being an Italian girl. You think there'd be a little bit more machismo going on, but sorry, just keep going. No, you know, keep so going. so anyway, uh we ended up going to the same tiny little grocery store in the airport and uh and uh you know yeah, you parted ways and but i will say this and i wasn't expecting this she she reached into her bag because i looked over and i saw that she had some dark chocolate there i said is that dark chocolate she goes yeah i said oh man that's that's my my weakness and as we were you know parting ways <laughs> and nice to meet you nice to meet you she hands me the chocolate bar and uh oh, wow. says here i want i want you to have this i was like oh, that's very nice so it was it was a nice little accent to the day uh, after after a long trip on over. So talk to a pretty girl, yeah, James. Yeah, that's sweet. Forgive the pun. Yeah, yeah. just find one on the bus or the corner asking you if you if you want a good time. Just just find a pretty girl and talk to her. You know, I, I I've been very in the last well since I got out of out of puberty pretty much <laughs> just been really shy. Since I grew hair down people, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's all gray now, but... Um, oh, um, I did not need to just, know you that way. Just so... Um, <laughs> to, to, to butter up your point a little bit, um, I've been just... I used to think it was really disingenuous to ask people how they were, especially if I didn't want to know or didn't give a fuck. <laughs> But now I, I have so many more friends. I mean, I, you know, I have my core group. We all do. Um, but um, I found myself in a situation recently uh, where I'm surrounded oh. by new people. Yeah. People that I don't know. 
and I'm just I'm just I'm just lathering the icing on this cake, right? Just saying, "Hey, how you doing?" and remembering their names and it's amazing how people like their eyes just light up when when they hear their name um or you just acknowledge them. Right. You're so, you're important you know, enough for me to actually call you by, you know, your <laughs> Your God-given, right, right. Especially if it's in a, you know, uh, uh, you're on the subway or you know, uh, uh, public transportation. Hey, how you doing? You know, it's like the take the Jimmy Fallon approach. Like he just loves everybody. Yeah. You know, and so, but it, it's cool. It makes you feel good. Like it makes you feel important. For sure. Um, even if you don't have stock in this other person's life. Um, so just saying, hey, how's it going? Oh, uh, you know. What's your name? Taking that initiative. Um, it's just saying, hey, I'm James. What's your name? Um, putting that out there, you know, people respond really well to that. So I think that's a really good way to start off the show. Nice, nice, nice story, man. Yeah. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, so anyway, yeah. So that, that helped the day uh, get a little bit better. It's been, man, it's been a crazy, just crazy couple of fucking weeks. Uh, my parents came to visit, which is great. Oh. Don't get to see him very often. Um, my wife had misplanned her and my daughter's trip to Peru for three weeks so that they left earlier than they had wanted to because they wanted to have more time with my parents around. So there was this kind of awkward passing of the baton. We're like, okay, well, I guess we'll see you later uh, type thing. And... Right. At the beginning of all of this, I mean, almost immediately after my parents arrived, first of all, day one, my dad comes down with this horrible, just like, death flu kind of shit. Ugh. And yep. we're like, oh, God. And, you know, I love my dad, but he's an old man, and he's kind of set in his ways, and that carries over to the kind of, um, you know, like, okay, he's coughing into his hands instead of his elbow, and he's picking up the TV remotes that everybody uses, and he's just, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like, man, I love you, I love you, but nobody in this house wants to get what you have right now, especially the two little, the two women, or I should say one woman and one small child who are going to be getting on a, an international flight in like five days kind of thing. Um, so yeah, you almost kind of want to put a, an allergy mask or an Asian ma aller allergy mask on, that, <laughs> on him. <laughs> uh, we're just going to put you in quarantine for a while, dad. Okay. So no let me man. know if you want me to slide you a tray underneath the door in the basement there. <laughs> um, oh, somewhere that <laughs> no, it was, <laughs> it was good seeing him and the girls did not get sick or if they're going to get sick at this point, I don't think that they can blame him for it. So that's good. Um, and hopefully... Yeah. Knock on wood, I I will not get sick as well. Uh, we'll see. Well, that's amazing because in your line of work, man, you're around a lot of people, and that's really like that can be devastating. But it, maybe it's a thing where you just like your immune system is on on holy, you know, holy high. I'm sure it's, it's been like, exposed to a lot. Them. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so the but the worst part, the worst part of this two week period is right towards the beginning. Like, my wife mentions to me, she goes, hey, you know, um, one of our dogs, his name is Grizz. He's a Rottweiler German Shepherd mix. She goes, he's he's having a, huff, a hard time getting around. And almost right. as if on cue, like within six hours of her bringing that up and talking about, well, we need to decide what we're going to do, which I hated that fucking conversation. Like, what do you mean what we're going to do? 
Um, oh, he starts oh, like yelping and screaming in pain, and he can't move at all. And when it's one of these things, like he's an older dog, and he's a big dog. He's like a hundred and ten pound beast. You know, yeah. I mean his his name is Grizzly because he looks like he's more bear than dog. And right. um, having the the German Shepherd mix in there, you always worry about the the hip dysplasia that that breed has problems with. And so, okay. the night before, I'm supposed to be leaving on a trip for work, and we're getting no sleep. He, you, you can't even approach him without him screaming in pain, not even touching him, kind of thing. And wow. there was this really, really difficult moment because I like my dogs more than most people in this world, um, where I was thinking, Jesus, is this the end? You know, and I, and, and you know, I, I was doing a fair bit of ugly man crying um, as I was trying okay, to come to grips so. with this. Uh, my wife was losing it too, and she's like, "Well, you know, what? If you're going to work tomorrow, what am I going to do if this stays this way or gets worse?" And, wow. you know, her point was this, this is a huge dog that can't even be approached, much Touch. less touched or lifted. Right. You right. know, how am I supposed to take him anywhere, et cetera, et cetera. And my parents had just gotten there and that'd be shitty to dump it in. So long story short, I called out of work. Thankfully, my boss was very understanding. And we, uh, we talked well, I mean, about it. How many it, times have you actually long... called out of work? I mean, that's, that's gotta be, you know. It, it 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 should have like pulled uh, um, kind of some alarms going off for your your employer. It's not very know. often, but the thing is, I had to call so last minute. I had to call like yeah. three a.m. kind of thing, and I was supposed to start work at six. And I was just I in fact, whenever I first called, I hung up because I said I I just can't do this. I can't do this. And then my boss called me back. And then I was like, uh, you know, I'm so sorry that I disturbed you. And she's like, well, what's going on? And I told her and I said, I, I, I think I'm going to have to put my dog down. Oh, and so she right. apologized. She said, you know, was very supportive of how much time you need. Took that off. And I, I was just crushed. And of course, we didn't sleep for shit. And oh, we, so we decided to give uh, Grizz the best last day that a dog could have. And if you're about to tune out, because this is a sad story, people, hang in there, all right? Hang in there. Um, so we go out to the the butcher shop, and I'm getting steaks for this dog. I'm getting sausages. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to the pet store, getting like four different rawhide bones for them. And, and the day, the weather just beautifully cleared for this final day. And I fired up the fucking grill. I got some charcoal. Yeah, I go out there. I start cooking this up. I said, he's going to live like a king. Today's going to be all about him, you know? And he could barely move. I got him out on a bed just on kind of the the short deck that we have in our backyard. And in right. between cooking this stuff, I was just coming back and sitting down with him and sitting next to him. And I had also picked up these joint supplement pills that a, a co-worker of mine recommended uh he used to work with dogs a lot yeah and so i got those and um i was feeding these to him sitting with him through the day and just really coming to grips with him we had decided that we um we had made arrangements with a friend of ours that works at an emergency veterinary clinic 
Um, oh my God, she said, Greg. she said, look, you know, we're going to be open late hours. You can bring him in at the end of the day. I'm not even working, but I'll come in just so that he has somebody that's familiar besides you two there in those final moments. Fuck. Oh, fuck. I'm getting a little bit, a uh, little bit choked up just talking I about it here. Too. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. And so, so we decided that, uh, we would, we would take him in at six at night because we wanted him to yeah. see fuck one final yeah, sunset man. right so we're important. we're it's we're important. feeding we're feeding Grizz steak we're treating him like a king and uh going through this and he starts moving around a little bit better yeah and i kind of cock my head i'm like what's going on here and and i had also done all that like i had i had massaged him i put a heating pad on him and stuff like that Yep. And he started loosening up more and more, and he and the motherfucker suddenly was able to, you know, walk <laughs> and go upstairs again. I'm like, what? And he wasn't yelping. I like the first thing I noticed is that I was able to touch his back without him screaming. Yeah. And I had taken two days off, and I, I said, I we're not taking him in. I want to give him more time. I want to see how this plays out. Right, absolutely. And the next day, he's completely back to normal. What fucking miracle! Just, just any. I, well, I mean, you can cough it up to that, and and, and I, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't look and get words in the mouth in that one. But any idea of what what was going on? My, my did, best did guess, they... because like the the sensitive area for him, and this was the first thing that yeah. gave me pause, it wasn't down by the hips where you would worry about hip dysplasia in a German Shepherd breed. It was yeah. up kind of around the base of his neck. And yeah. so the best thing that I can guess is that he got some just hellacious pinched nerve up there. Sure. And I got to tell you, it's scary, James, because before we had talked to our friend who worked at the emergency vet clinic and gotten kind of yeah. a later final time, oh. we were set to go into the latest time that we could go on a weekend um, at our local vet, which would have been like noon. We could have put this dog no. that I love to death it, it can't down. Think about that, yeah. Man. So, um, so he can he continue to get better. He's good. He's he's completely he's completely normal. Being a pain in the ass again. Um, That's there is that that, and again I'm not a dog owner, but there's that balance of, I mean, because I went through this with my dad. Like, right. How long do we do we you know, drag this out, see see this through and let him suffer mm -hmm. if he's suffering. We don't even know. Right. <clears throat> or do we you know. You know, sign sign the uh, sign the line and 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 send him on his way. Um, that was a tough one. And so, I'm just treasuring every day now, and and I'm I'm so I'm so aware that I've gotten the chance. I'm gonna take those old dogs on so many fucking camping trips this summer. Hell yeah! And you know what? They're gonna get steak a little bit more often. And <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be the fucking way it is. So anyway, so it, it all worked out after probably removing about 10 years in stress off my life. Oh, brother, man, that's got to take years off, off your life. I, I know that stress, man. 
and that's uh, and it never goes away. And uh, you know, it's all inevitable, and we know this, and that's okay. We we can. Is it? We can be okay with that. Yeah. But just knowing that it's going to be a decision that you're going to have to make at some point. Yeah. Sure. So, and God, I do not, I'm not jealous of you at all. Um, in that, uh, in that area. I mean, that's, I've, I've thought about, um, you know, owning a pet in the past. I mean, I've, I've had, shit, I've had hamsters. Can't say it's anywhere near the same thing, but, um, you know, when, uh, Henrietta, died and uh, uh, Fred ate all the little baby hamsters that they had had. Oh my god. Um, it was devastating. It was devastating. That's like man. some fucking... No, it was, it was... He was like Cujo, man. He just went... He just went... Ape shit savage. And, Jesus. Um, I know. Uh, I don't think he had uh, the foresight to think that, you know, there, there could be... Um, you know more life uh, uh, later on, or so, I don't. I don't even know what the process is, but uh, <laughs> it was it was nutso for a ten year old. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Um, but, but you know, I mean, it's it's that's that kind of life experience. It, um, it I think it is informative, and I think you need to experience that. You know, I lost an uncle really early on. Didn't know how to act. I didn't know how to to grieve. I didn't know I was supposed to grieve. I didn't really know the guy very. Very much, right. but I knew he had the same last name as me. Mm-hmm. But that, that I think it's important and it informs the rest of your life for sure. But and then you, you know, you lose someone that's in your immediate family, and then you know all hell breaks loose, and you're like, "What the fuck is life about?" <laughs> and you had this like existential uh, breakdown, right? Um, but you know, then you have you have uh, friends around uh, to support you, and that you know that's that's important and that's you know uh galvanizing experience in itself just having that support system and hopefully i can be that for you if grizz ever goes down oh hopefully god he never well, does we, hopefully yeah he, well, no, he, we, he's an immortal dog and it just lives forever <laughs> but, well here's the um, tough thing we've got three old dogs so i'm gonna have to go through this three times and uh i i that sh- it's gonna it's gonna be rough, but you know. In the meantime, this scare has got me focused on getting them back in the mix, yep. and it's one of those things. Like I felt so much guilt because, especially with feel like you were- well, with my daughter being born, it kind of put them on the sidelines in yep. terms of attention yep. and doing things with them and engaging them because I had this little pooping crying machine that I had to tend to 24-7 anytime that I was home, you know, and they just had to patiently lay down on their dog beds and, you know, and kind of watch the world go by. And that's, that's not what a good life is about. So I think there's a purity in this story that, um, speaks to the title of this podcast and the reason we, we put this together. Well, you, you were the spearhead, but that we're um, continually, uh, continually, um, or the just the genesis of this thing, and continually uh, 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 adding to it, uh, aged and confused. This is life and death stuff. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get any more uh, core than that. That's exactly what. We're doing. 
it, you know, just the irony is like you have such a young daughter and then you have these old dogs. Um, but they're as much family as, as I won't say as much family as Sienna because it didn't come from, from your loins. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we're talking about life and death stuff, man. It's, 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 it's not too heavy, I don't think, for our listeners, but I think it's relevant. Because it's happening all the time. Well, yeah, no, we and, and you know you're creating life, and then life is going away. We we won't dwell in that tough space for too long, people. Um, no, you know. Yeah, but in yeah, fact, yeah. shifting gears, I do. Speaking of, you know, taking the dogs on shitloads of camping trips, I do want to talk about the upcoming Man Camp 2.0. Um, <laughs> and even if it's just spitballing ideas, you know, things that you would like to happen there that you would not like to happen. Um, so to, to those that are not familiar, uh, me, Marcus, and Thomas, and Caligula Chris ended up getting together and going on an all-guys camping trip uh, this last fall, which was disastrous to my marriage. Uh, temporarily, uh, the wife lost her mind, even though she had already pre-approved the event, and started calling, essentially threatening divorce, uh, over me leaving her with our daughter for a whopping three to four days. Uh, so oh. I ended up cutting the trip short. I came home. Uh, things were repaired. They were okay. I have no idea how that's going to project on any future ventures that don't involve the whole family, uh, I have a feeling that in order for me to get it done without any kind of bit bitterness or issues, that I'll have to uh, take our daughter, which is fine. It just changes it a little bit. But the thing is, is that Mark has already talked about bringing his youngest daughter too. Uh, and, you know, they could probably keep each other entertained while we're doing important stuff like uh, drinking beer and playing music. So... I don't think it's an altogether bad prospect. Just may involve a little bit more, a little bit more planning in terms of everybody having a place to uh, put their head down at night. Oh yeah, and I, the idea, like, and I can't really speak to, you know, being married and 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 doing this, especially in your uh, circumstance. But I mean, at some point, I do you think it was just, just threatening? Do you think she was just threatening you? Do you think there was it was an empty threat, or do you think it was well? Here's the well. Clearly, it was serious enough for you to drive back. Well, no. Here's the thing: is that Tennessee. whether it was serious or just a ploy, it still shit on the entire tone of the trip. Sure. So, I mean, I was all in my head and depressed there because I'm like, well, I can't relax and have a good time, knowing that she wants to be out of this. That's got to be a shit drive back. Oh man, man. it sorry, was it man. was it was rough, and I just uh, fuck. I I did what I had to do. I I talked with the guys, and you know, to Mark and Tom's credit, they were very understanding. I said, guys, I just I don't even know if there's a chance, but I need to go back early and see if I can repair this. And you yeah. know, once I did, you know, it went smoother than I expected it to, but. I just always thought it was a little bit shitty of her to uh, to do that, you know, the, the the one time, the one time that I, you know, try to get away, and her counter would be, well, you know, I don't get any time away. Bullshit. Yeah, and just bullshit. like, okay, let's not get into this argument, because um, there are a few different ways of looking at how that 
shakes out. But anyway, so I mean, was she apologetic at all about no you know, dragging you? Away? No, no, no okay. not at all. Um, but it, in terms of events, I mean, I'm still thinking like we should go somewhere east-ish. All right, because I think the chances of certain folks showing up drop dramatically, namely Tom, um, if we don't have it like within driving distance, I guess, to them. Yeah, yeah. And maybe, uh, maybe well, like a I've, Shenandoah I've National other... Park or something, you know? I like Shenandoah um, a lot. Um, there's all. I mean, there's, there's plenty of places around, man. I mean. I even thought about like renting a cabin, but you know, or just sleep on the RV, and um, we can set up shop just about anywhere. And it's not like we have to stay in one place either. Um, I don't think that that um, that idea was breached yet, but um, I think it'd be kind of cool to travel around maybe a little bit. But we'd have to find yeah. a central location it, it, to, to start. Yeah, I think. Um, excuse me, just, just, drink, just drinking just some water here. Um, if we have a home base that's near some interesting stuff to check out, I'm down with that. I don't want to have to pack up the yeah. camper and move it, like, because uh, I'm going to have to do that every day on the way down. Right. So I don't want to have to do that in the middle of the trip, too. I want to have, like, a home base. And then, like, the great thing about Shenandoah is, like, you're right next to this huge um, cave um, complex. That we can oh, wow. go explore those. Uh, it's called yeah. Lou Ray Caverns. Um, we can go to the Shenandoah National Lou Reed Caverns. L U R A Y. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. It was a Lou Reed. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, <laughs> I think we can find some things to do. But I, the fun thing is going to be the music, and I'm really looking forward to that. And um, for those that don't know us, and and most of the people listening to our voice, hello Japan, uh, don't really know us all that well. Um, me, Mark, and James have been starting to re-record some of our old music from a rock band days in college. It's been a lot of fun, and I would love to play some of that. And, uh, you know, we never got to share the video that we made at the last camping trip of Mark and I and Tom playing a little bit. But, you know, if we could get all four of us together and actually perform, like, a, I don't know, five songs, little mini EP uh, that would be a lot of fun. I well, I think I think there's more in the pot there. Um, I've been talking. I know you've been busy. Uh, Mark and I have been talking a lot, and I mean, there there's a lot of candidates uh, for the next soft case, quote unquote, L- album. limp case. I TM. Think, I think there's <laughs> limp case, <laughs> motherfucker, asshole. Um, I think that um, I think I mean I think there's a full-fledged CD in our future. I'm not I'm and I'm not kidding. I'm not over exaggerating this. Um, we it's gonna take some time because you're in New York, right? Um, Mark's in Nashville. I'm in Chicago, and recording that stuff. Uh, doing like essentially like the acoustic hard case. Uh, is gonna take some time because we're all being we're all producers in this. The producer, if you see the producer credit, it's gonna be hard case. And if you want to, you know, put the names out, it's it's mostly just Craig and and uh, Mark and I and me. I'm not sure. Um, so um, just doing the best that that I can to to assist that process because I seem to be the one that has the most. Time we on my we, hands. we may need to find some kind of venue to set up an impromptu concert. 
and just see how people react. Don't promote it at all. Just start setting up like a little PA. Dude. Marcus could have the stool with the guitar. Uh, I might have to buy a fake wig so I look legit again. Um, oh my! We sit down and we're what like, the hell are you, t- you don't, you don't. You can still the, show up uh, in your pleated jeans and your button-up shirt. It's okay. I know. I know that you never really blended all that well with the initial uh, image. Don't you back still have your Cobra Kai wig uh, around somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> Inside joke. Folks. Put him in a body bag, oh. Johnny. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> We could do we could do that on on Halloween if you want. Oh um, God, I might, I might I might be working. No, like if we could find a central location <laughs> like Cincinnati or something like that, you know, um, that would be that'd be kind of cool. We could do it. We could even do it on the on the sidewalk or something like that. And uh, I'll bring some congas. We or, we rebook at um, the Borough Bar and Grill, and it's it's hard case sponsored by Wendy's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Another inside joke, folks, man. Right. You have no idea. <laughs> that will that will come out. That will come to light. It, the hardcore listeners have probably heard that story once. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's way, way, way early. If, on. if you yeah. if you missed it, then listen in the near future uh, for the the story of Hard Case, which is the story of our band, uh, and we will we will retell that uh, that classic tale of old. Because it needs to be retold. It needs to. Cause this is an oral history, man. This is this is like the 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 caveman uh, magic man. Just just like uh, you know, oh you, you got your little paintings on the rocks, but man, all those stories uh, are being told uh, orally. And but here's the thing, you can go back with our technology now. <laughs> yes. And listen to them. It's beautiful, but it needs to be retold, and it needs to be kind of. I mean. It, and not just retold, but there, there's so many facets of it yes. that haven't been told yet. All the different angles, um, yeah. That, that need that there's a vacuum there; it needs to be filled in for sure. <laughs> and that's not the um, only story that we can. I mean, there are so many stories of those those rock band days that. I mean, just th- there's there's gold there's gold in those hills to mine for sure. Well, truly, and it's not just. Here's the thing, man. Hard case just isn't just a band. It's a it's and it's not just a concept for a for a rock band. Um, it's it's a relationship of five to six people um, coming in and out, and it's very fluid. Uh, and it's 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 a story. I think that that transcends it's a story of like greed and experience. hubris. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but. Um, I think there's some compelling stories in there that that just haven't been told. And the more you tell that story, you're like, you have these oh yeah moments, and I'll be like, oh my, I forgot about right, that. Right, right. And this is this is what I did, and and Mark would be like, oh, I totally forgot mm-hmm. about that. And so you fill in you fill in those gaps, and then automatic, you know, at some point you've got a hard case autobiography <laughs> collective. A product of collective memory, which I think I'm going to trademark that phrase. Ooh, ooh, I like that. Yeah, that's uh, that's 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 brilliant. Um, I appreciate you bringing up the the reunion thing, but I hate to say reunion because I mean there there was a, a quiet time I think for us, but we've connected recently, and uh, mm-hmm. but it never went away because it was interesting when we started talking about this about this process 
Um, it was actually well after we started communicating, um, you know, very frequently with each other, just saying, hey, man, uh, just call and say, say what's up. Like, Mark will call me just about, you know, every other day and say, hey, what's up? And I know mm-hmm. that he's having a shit day, and I just I want to be his emotional douche or his emotional um, <laughs> emotional uh, douchebag. Douche <laughs> tampon, tampon Sorry, is the word that you're out. looking for. Yeah, it's emotional tampon. Like, and I'll just I'll just take it, and I'm like, <laughs> man, I I don't envy you at all, and I'm so sorry that you're going through this, and that's all he wants is that emotional support, and and you know it's like um uh, I'm I'm. I'm living out beaches or something, and I'm just listening to to, to um um to to my my best my best friend just gush all this shit out, and I'm I'm so willing to catch it, and so all over your happy face to, that I that I can't <laughs> so happy that I have the ability <laughs> to do that. Um, I'm grateful for that uh, uh for that position. So you know, if he's got a shit day. I'll take the shit. If he's having a great day, I'll take the rainbows and unicorns, man. What you know, so, we Mark and I were talking just randomly, just shooting the shit one day, and and we were kind of talking about the end of line. You know, like when you retire, um, because he's he's having he's probably having the hardest time of all of us. You know, we everybody's oh yeah. got their struggles, but he's he's probably having the hardest time because. Uh, he's getting worked like a slave, and then on top. He's in an impossible uh, position right now, and he's expected to perform at 120 percent, and he cannot. And and if he's like the rest of us, um, or like you and me, I can't live in a world where I'm look. I, I'm seen as someone not capable of doing. Um, their task or their well, job. I mean, and not only that, but it, it's not like he's a. Uh, it's not like he's returning to this wonderful, open arms, mega supportive home environment either. Right, so yeah, yeah. it's like, okay, I'm I'm leaving the battlefield to climb into the boxing ring, kind of thing. And uh, yeah, just poor guy. So I was just fantasizing. I guess is the best word that I could come up with. I said, what What if we? You know, what if by the time that we hang up our spurs, because I was asking him, I said, you know, so are you saving? Because I'm saving pretty aggressively for retirement. I said, are you? He goes, yeah. He goes, you know, we, we put away a fair bit. I said, what if we get done with this crazy ride and we just opened up our own campground, just bought some land out in the middle of nowhere? And it couldn't involve a slash gun range. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I'm sure he would like that part of it. Um, but it couldn't be that involved i mean you you've got to have some water and sewer lines run but other than that you're just pouring some concrete really and with one you know probably modular structure that you run the office from and that's about it and uh he and i were both really grooving on that idea because he's he's really into bushcraft you know kind of surviving out in the wilderness and that's right. that's what helps him reset. He he kind of converts his own backyard into that just to uh, to kind of calm himself down. And sure. so having a lifetime of that could be cool. I don't know if our wives would be cool with having a lifetime of that, but you know, well, by that time that our be, hearing is going to be yeah. so gone that we won't be able to notice they're complaining anyway. So it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I I'd, I'd love to be thinking about that too. Um, it's uh, I've, I've felt a calling to get back to uh, Tennessee 
And uh, so, I mean, that, that's something I'm kind of debating about. Oh, yeah? Uh, it's been going going back and forth. Huh. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been talking to mom, and she's not going to be around forever. She's like 75. And mm-hmm. um, I, <clears throat> I feel kind of like I've been very selfish in my uh, this decisions. This is your stepmom that wasn't very supportive of you recently, nope. or this is a biological mother? Okay. So there, there's, there's, I have two moms. So um, yeah. Susan, who's my stepmom. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's back up. So my mom is Linda. She, uh, they, mom and dad divorced back when I was seven, and she went to live uh, in Ringgold with her new husband. Uh, we'll call him Red. Mm-hmm. And um, they've been married for almost, geez, uh, like 30, 30 something years, mm-hmm. uh, 35 years. And, um, you know, we're kind of estranged for a little bit because I went to live with dad and, and, you know, he remarried with Susan. So Susan is my stepmom. She lives in Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. I hope you're diagramming all this. Um, I've, and, I've got a flow chart she, right in front of me. Fantastic. All the so arrows are penises. Up... <laughs> Anal. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it classy. Yeah, man. That, that was a shout out to Mark. Uh, so here's the thing. Um, while Susan wasn't technically my mom, um, she kind of became my mom because um, she took care of my uh, Alzheimer-ridden grandmother. Okay. Um, she would just you know, run her to the hospital or back to the the, the storage unit. You call a, a you know a, a home that that uh, that put many of, of Alzheimer's and, and aging people um, um, at rest hmm. and uh, t- took care of them. Right. So um, so when she died, you know Susan did all the work because Dad was suffering from severe diabetes and I mean he was pushing 65 at the time which is amazing for him mm-hmm. because he had several transplants and all that stuff just a fucking trooper, trooper. Um, and then yeah. so after we buried grandmother she became a, essentially like a hospice caretaker for my dad huh. and I in my you know glorious selfish ways uh, decided it would be a great uh, thing to move a thousand miles away to go to Chicago and um, now I got back several times and, and you know, trying to take, make sure that everything is taken care of and, you know, uh, financially and, and emotionally and all that stuff. And we were still a family. And then, um, um, you know, dad passed and I got to spend a little bit of time with her, but not enough. And, but, I, you know, I just, she calls and I'll just call her mom. I was like, hey, mom, what's up? Hmm. And uh, so it's 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 a little it's a little weird. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she's being a little bit of a well, okay, we're all aged and confused right now, so I'll just say it. She's a little bit of a bitch right now. <laughs> uh, she's I'm, I'm telling you, man. She's like I don't trust you, Ugh, and I think that horrible. she's just going. Yeah, no, I think she's just going through some some shit. Huh. But she's so used to being on her own and being very independent, which is cool. Uh, but sh- I don't think she has like the emotional support that she needs. Right. So, um, I'm feeling like I I need to come back, not just for that, but I have most of my friends are in Tennessee, and, and uh, there's some opportunities there as well. 
uh, for hospitality. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas it used to be very chain driven, a chain driven res uh, uh, sorry um, market. It's now there's a lot of uh, really cool chef driven like independent farm to fork kind of you know however you feel about farm to fork very and cool all that stuff but but there's some really cool stuff going on in in Nashville and so um, you know it'd be I think it'd be because um, right now I'm a small fish in a big pond <laughs> and that would be um, uh, just just segmenting that off it would be a, a, a big fish small pond uh, situation I think I think so too so, I think if you came from Chicago yeah. saying hey you know I've I've run wine programs I've worked fine dining in Michelin rated star restaurants plural um, yeah I would like to be part of your team I think that would carry a fair amount of weight because they, they probably just don't have that kind of pool of talent to pull from you know, in Middle Tennessee or or wherever you're you're hunting in the state. So I think you're probably right about that. I agree. Um, um, but I, and it's funny because like I know probably six or half a dozen, maybe ten chefs that um, I've either worked beside or know know them personally that have set up shop or set up their, you know, set up restaurants in, um, in Nashville. And, um, hmm. they know, they know what's going on <clears throat> in, you know, places like, uh, they're uh, in like New York and, um, San Fran and, and Chicago, of course. And, you know, crazy places like Birmingham that are just killing it right now. So Birmingham, um, as in Alabama, Birmingham is an anomaly, man. It's it's bizarre. But there's there's like three or four restaurants that, and I, I'm sure they probably have their Michelin stars at, at this point. If not, they should. Huh. But Birmingham just it flies under the radar. Um, but yeah, there's some really cool stuff going on. It's 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 like an oasis down there. It's you know you go down sixty uh, 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 I sixty five, and it's just like yeah tree uh, broken trees and and construction and it's just crappy and then you get into Birmingham itself and it's beautiful hmm. it's it's beautiful yeah all right there's some cool places down there um weird uh, it's a, it's a weird anomaly man it's <laughs> uh, it's not like any place it's it's <laughs> you just find these places and uh they they set up shop and it's 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 one of those things where it's like um, there are restaurant owners and then there are chef restaurants um, and there's a big difference. It's like me saying I'm a golfer, but I'm really just a, a golf club owner. Um, <laughs> right? Does that make sense? I have the uh, bag, yes. I think there may be a putter Some of these there. guys, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the, but the, these guys, it, it, they're like chef, chef's chef. You know, they're a chef's yeah. All right. I don't know if that, that makes sense. Yeah. So, anyway, these guys are like really super respected and, and under the radar. Rock on. Anyway, enough of that. Yeah. Um, you you brought up a topic that I think would have some meat on the bone earlier. You mentioned prom, and yeah, it, immediately my my head went into slight fear zone of oh god, I'm gonna have to go back and relive. Uh, awkward Craig, <laughs> who was only slightly less confident than current old Craig. Um, in fact, probably was more confident in some ways, probably <laughs> wrongfully so. Um, 
You alright there? I'm, jo- I'm choking on my water. Yeah, I'm choking on my pride. That is such a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, maybe not. I mean, maybe like um, college hard co- hard case, Craig. Um, is probably your pinnacle. I think that was your zenith. That, man, yeah, that, I that, that. yeah. I, w- I was pretty. I was pretty. Uh, <laughs> Literally choking. I was, I was pretty water. solid in who I was and what I wanted uh, then. Um, but we had no idea. No, we had no we, idea. we had no idea. But it was fun. It was and fuck you know. It it definitely worked on some of the girls then because it's kind of a fake general, it till you make like, it. I was I was cocky as shit in college, so I had a base in front of me and I could hide behind it. But <laughs> once I got off stage, shit, man, I was a mouse. I was a little mouse. Um. So prom, and I'm just gonna describe it like, okay. So my my high school experience was fractured in the sense that my my dad decided he was going to uproot us midway through my sophomore year of high school. Ooh. Um. Yeah. Which, yeah, that sounds bad, but it was kind of for a good reason because both my parents were scientists. Uh, my mom was working at the Texas A&M College of Medicine, and one of her dickhead male supervisors um, who had who had essentially sexually harassed her before uh, he started turning around and signing his name to her work and getting it published in scientific journals ah yeah so it was one of these situations like we have to get mom out of that and it you know she ended up retiring early kind of against her will because where we moved the gulf coast of mississippi didn't have medical research going on there we we were kind of i remember the decision was kind of waffling between pennsylvania uh and mississippi and mississippi won out so anyway um we go to mississippi and i don't even remember because i was i was such a fucking dweeb nerd you know loser uh, during my my years in college station, that there's no way I would have ended up at one of those dances anyway, because <laughs> no girl was yeah. gonna go with me. Um, and I, I well, you have a nice jawline, man. Uh, don't, you don't know, sell yourself short. I I also had a nice bowl haircut, you know, at the time, and Ooh. I just you know I just didn't. No, I take that bad. I I had the butt cut. I had the part down the middle. Now that now that I think about it. <laughs> Lovely. Um, it's not to say that I never had female interest at that age, but I definitely was not. I was not an apex predator of the female gender. <laughs> <laughs> now, we moved to Mississippi. I decided to kind of switch up the game a little bit, and I was able to climb the social ladder there a little bit as a result. So long story short, I ended up going to some school dances uh, in Mississippi. Now... Homecoming was kind of funny because I was just kind of dipping my foot in the pool of courting this one girl, but I still wasn't officially tied down with her. And and somehow I like I talked four girls into posing with me on my homecoming photo. So it's actually kind of funny. It's like I'm down on one knee with my arms spread out like ta-da, and I've just got four girls behind me in my homecoming photo. (laughs) So that's spectacular. Um, and, but prom, and I don't know if your school was like this, prom was weird because you could not go unless you were an upperclassman at my high school. The only exception to that rule is if you were 
if you were an underclassman, you had to get invited to go to prom by an upperclassman. Yeah. So like, or your cousin or something. Like so the the senior football player who's dating the freshman cheerleader girl uh, can bring her to prom, right? But if you're just two happy sophomores that like each other a lot and you want to go dance, well, fuck you, go pound sand kind of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's junior senior. That's that that was the word. right junior prom and senior prom. So uh, I went with my girlfriend Melissa at the time. A uh, very sweet girl that uh, ran off with a guy who was way too old for her later on. And it was really weird because they're married now, and I don't know. Um, Ugh. Yeah, no, he was like 21 when she was 15, and he started pursuing her. That gets in some dangerous territory. Yeah, but, you know, they were in Mississippi and Alabama, so maybe not. Uh, well, that's <laughs> that was my next point. Thank you. God dang, she looks old enough to me. Um, but hey, <laughs> God bless him, right? So I ended up taking her to prom, and those are really like those are the only memory. Like I have, I I have fleeting memories of very very micro crushes and miniature relationships throughout my high school yep. years, and that's it. Like yeah. I can remember names on some of them. I can remember events. Like I, I remember uh, my girlfriend Jenny dumped me like literally three hours before New Year's Eve kind of thing so I wouldn't get the kiss at midnight brutal and this was after I had cared for her for like two weeks after her having serious like (laughs) facial sinus surgery kind of thing like well that's the thing man two weeks and when you're 16 and full of hormones like two weeks is like you've had a long term relationship at that point (laughs) Basically. So it's like, yeah, th- thanks for bringing me water, changing my bandages, but uh, I, mean, I think I'm going to move on now. And I was like, oh, God. Um, and, it, of course, I, I was convinced that I was in love on three different occasions, which was just a matter of me being way intensely too infatuated with various girls that did not feel the same way in return. Uh, th- some of them may have reflected a little bit of it back at me, but not. Not to the depths that I was feeling at that age. So, well, Craig, I think you would agree that you are an intensely emotional and sensitive human being, which is not a bad thing. It's a great thing. Um, but when it's, you know, mixed in a recipe of uh, adolescence Ooh. and hormones, yeah, no, and all that stuff and your DNA, um, I feel a little kinship to that because I felt exactly the same way. I mean, I fell in love in high school and um, went to prom with Annalise Llewellyn. Wow. It's a mouthful. That That is um, an Eastern Tennessee name if I ever heard one. Oh, but she was so – she lived on Signal Mountain, which was kind of um, – it's like living in uh, – how do I Is that the good that? side of the tracks? It's definitely the good side of the tracks. Uh, well, sort of well, well, wealthy compared to me because I was living at the bottom of the mountain. <laughs> in a in van by the mountain river. <laughs> I lived in Mountain Creek. Oh, shit. Not okay, Mountain so Creek. Mountain Creek versus Signal Mountain. So do the math there. <laughs> but Signal Mountain was uh, very uh, liberal and um, fairly wealthy. And, you know, we were hanging on by a thread. Um, it was a Bon Jovi song for sure. Right. Uh, I think. Um 
and uh, but we we just hit it off because we were in band together. We were just ner- total nerds. Um, but she, this is man, this the just, girl that was older than you, and then dumped yeah, you so, once she ran off to college, kind of thing. Just, okay, no, just, just wait for it. I'm not, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just you you've told that on a podcast so, before. I I didn't mean to. No, I know, I know. And and in your defense, I, I appreciate that. But um, yeah, that was that was gonna be the. That was going to be the next point, but um, so yeah, uh, she was a senior, I was a sophomore, mm-hmm. and uh, so I was in tenth grade, and um, so but I actually got to like to your point, got to go to the senior prom, and uh, I showed up at her house. She was wearing this beautiful green dress. We were listening to, to uh, what's her name, O'Connor, um, Cheryl O'Connor. What's her name? Um, uh, Cheryl Crow. Sinead, Sinead O'Connor. Oh, Sinead O'Connor. Okay. Nothing compares, uh, nothing compares to hair. To yeah. Yeah. That was our song, right? Oh, man. Brutal. I know. It was, <laughs> I, can, I can never listen to that song again without, the, like, just getting into, a, like, a, a trance uh, kind of thing. Um, I, I don't I don't cry about it, of course, but I'm, I'm dude, not crying. Man. You're don't crying. Cry about right. songs from lesbians. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, actually, Prince wrote that song, of course. But um, yeah, man, I got a corsage and all that stuff, and you know, Dad really hooked me up. Like, yeah. he really helped me out. <laughs> and I remember <laughs> showing up in my '81 uh, Accord Green Accord it. hatchback. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing that sealed the deal, which I, we didn't have sex, but the thing that sealed yeah, the deal, neither like, did made, I. Made this official. As I went around and I actually opened the door for her and and helped her in, like that was right. it was the simplest thing. Mm-hmm. And then when we got to, um, God, I can't remember where the prom was. Um, we got there and I actually was like, hang tight. I ran around, opened the door, mm-hmm. and pulled her out. Like there you go, that southern like, gentleman. That's right. It was a. WTF moment and mom mom taught she coached me on that stuff right my bio mom right Linda mom bio mom yeah I was calling bio um and uh it's like mom essentially said you know with using euphemisms saying if you do these things you will get laid (laughs) (laughs) essentially lies deception (laughs) Lies. No, we weren't ready. I wasn't ready. I certainly wasn't ready. Oh, I was really this goes moon, where? But yeah. um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Square peg, round hole. I don't know what the what's going on. Uh, so um, uh, yeah. So we get to and nothing else really, you know, crazy happened that night. We we danced a little bit. I learned how not to dance, <clears throat> and uh, it was uh, you know, that um, old school um. Um, old school moment with uh, Will Ferrell where you know I was, <laughs> you see the fucking look in your eyes see <laughs> <laughs> the fucking look in your eyes <laughs> um, <laughs> such a great scene he like turns to you and goes no I didn't hear that no no he couldn't have no, said what, that <laughs> no but I kind of I kind of like overlap that with um, with my <laughs> with my prom <laughs> anyway um, so um, the the crazy story it, well not the crazy story but um, I think the 
a compelling story is my senior prom. I went with, I was, I got, um, I got very much programmed into the church. And uh, I was okay. very, very Christ- Christian-y. And again, like, you know, six months of your life when you're that young is a long, re- a really long right. time. So I might as well have been like, you know, um, mind melded into the church. Like mm-hmm. That's all I wanted to do. And I got really myopic and, and short-sighted. So I met this girl named Brenda. True name. And she was Polynesian. I think oh. like Polynesian and I bet that was pretty Polynesian. rare in that neck of the woods. <clears throat> oh yeah, oh yeah. But uh, she was she was in like the same little uh, Sunday school group that I was in, and and you know we wanted to keep it clean and you know chastity and all that stuff. <laughs> and uh, uh, so I asked her, and she said yes, and um, mm-hmm. you know got the corsage and all that stuff. Well, she we get to we get to the um uh, the 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 place where they're having the um where they're having the gig and and they're taking pictures. Well, <clears throat> I'm I'm pretty much as tall as I'm going to be and I'm like 6162. Okay. Um she's pushing 51 maybe. 52. And man, I'm telling you, I didn't, I still didn't know how to dance, and I really didn't know how to dance with a girl that was five one, five two. <laughs> I just want to give a shout really out to Lurch weird. on the dance floor tearing it up. <laughs> this girlfriend Asian persuasion, yeah. Everybody, put your hands together. How awesome would it have been to have Still Panther at that particular Oh, God, prom? yeah, dedicating oh, something like, you know, brother, Girl from Oklahoma brother, or Weenie Ride or something right. like that. <laughs> so great. A field of, of just uh, content for them just to just <laughs> shit on us. I mean, I know they'd be kind about it, but it would just be so awesome to, to recreate that. Ugh. Makes me smile. I'm 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 getting sore. No, I, I'm grinning right. too. I'm right there with you, actually. <laughs> but our picture, it was just so absurd. I think I still have it uh, nice. somewhere. I keep I keep all my I try to keep all my photos, but um, I got to dig that one out. Yeah, that that's a deep one. You should look her up, man. Yeah, she might be like super hot now. You don't know. Well, uh, she's not growing anymore. But <laughs> as you say. And we'll use a code word spinner here. Exactly. Um, but but uh, you know what? She's I guarantee you she's probably in the Congo trying to convert some um, you know uh, apes to, to, to Jesus. You know you I, you I'm may not, she was that you dirty. may think so, but there was a girl that I very briefly dated whenever I was in college. Her name was Keats. I this girl I was she was not just my world, my universe, like everything. I was just yeah. I, w- I was in a trance. And I was convinced that, you know, and she she ended up kind of shooing me away. Uh, and I always kind of had this thing like, oh, God, yeah, I lost something really good there. And years and years and years down the road, I came across somebody else that, like, knew her. I was like, really? And like, so what, what'd she end up doing? Because she was, like, a very intelligent, thoughtful, educated, you know, person, motivated, and uh, I said, well, you know, she's kind of shit out four kids and is living in a trailer now. 
Oh, no. And I didn't. Oh, man. I was going to say frying Oreos. <laughs> so I was I was thinking that going, oh, man, poor girl. But well, it dodged. It, well, it does. It does dull the pain a little bit. You know, it's kind of like when you go back and your high school sweetheart has gained 70 pounds. You're like, oh, oh. Yeah, hey, uh, I'm, I'm glad I I'm glad I uh, I waited at the crosswalk and uh, <laughs> let that traffic go on well, by. Well, certainly, you know that that could be a factor of who she's with. Because I mean, I I feel like um, we, we take on um, I, I think our, our mates and our the people that we're around inform our lives as well. For sure, um, I find motivation just being friends with certain people. Mm-hmm. Um, you and Mark and, and, and Tom and whether or not you're taking uh, inspiration for their successes and celebrating those successes you're also um, you know learning from their mistakes and things like that um, especially if it's from uh, you know a, a, a soulmate or you know a, a boyfriend girlfriend whatever mm-hmm. I, I know that I do that I, I don't know that because I'm not married, I can't speak for for you, but um, I certainly do find inspiration from um, someone that I'm intimate with. Uh, absolutely, um, no question. And I, you know, I, not it's maybe not for everybody, um, but I find myself very sensitive uh, to, to that. And I think it crafts your patterns I, and your expectations yeah. is the way that I would say it. So. If you're with somebody that's a lazy fuck and thinks, well, you know, if you're too good for the trailer, then I guess you're just a little princess, aren't you? Then, yeah, yeah. you're probably going to end up in a pretty bad place. But if, if you're with somebody that's like, hey, you know, I'd kind of like to have these things squared away in our life, you know, and you're working together towards it, then that can that can take you in a certain direction. But the, the, one, sure. the one side story that I wanted to tell, because you were talking about, like, the Sinead O'Connor and, you know, nothing compares to you <laughs> and just breaking up for my high school sweetheart, Melissa, because like I broke up with her out of circumstance. And those those that went way back in the podcast and listened to the story of Craig have probably already heard this one. Um, but I was a senior. She was a sophomore. And I had watched what happened to poor girls that stayed like in relationships with their college age boyfriends that move away they're just miserable pining every day um and then you know the boyfriend ends up screwing around on them or whatever and i'm like i I don't want to put her through that so i just i ended the relationship out of circumstance well as as if i locked my keys in my car and just realized it i almost immediately was like oh what did i do and uh, not even two weeks later, um, she let me know that not only was she fine um, while I was just destroyed, but she already had another boyfriend, which was this 21-year-old University of Alabama student who'd been hitting on her whenever we were still dating and she was in her drum corps and everything like that. But the point of the story is like being a emotional teenager and you know just dramatic to no fucking end, we had the advantage or disadvantage, uh, emotionally maybe, of living right on the beach. So you're there with this kind of like beautiful scenery. You're missing this girl that you thought was everything. 
and she's not there, but you're thinking, God, you know, she should feel the same way I feel, and wouldn't it be great if she just walked over that sand dune right now and said, hey, I was wrong. Um, it's like a scene out of a John Hughes oh movie. Oh, God, or it was so painful. <laughs> and I would just, and I would, uh, I would actually write letters to her, like, in the sand, knowing that they would never survive, but it, I just, I had to get it out of me kind of thing. And, you know, oh, of course you fantasize about maybe she, maybe she, because I, I was always going to, you know, both of our, both of our streets went right up against the beach. And so I was always, I would always go over like kind of close to where her house went up to the beach. I'm like, well, maybe she'll take a walk and see this, you know? Oh, wow. Um, but for that reason, I always had, you know, a strong association with the uh, Skid Row song, I Remember You. Because uh, oh, yeah. it's I remember yesterday, you know, I walking hand in hand, love letters in the sand. I remember <clears> you, <throat> yeah. and uh, you know, obviously that was a one-sided, compelling uh, piece of music. <laughs> oh but, yeah, over melodramatic for oh, sure. Oh god, but, no, geez, it was just... no, I, I will never forget that. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a great album for sure, hundred percent. Oh god, I I wonder. Speaking of speaking of. Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. No, I, I wonder what Mark and Tom's songs are for that. Yeah. Um, well, I was going to ask you, like, you know, a couple of your favorite songs. I mean, it could be old or, or new. And it's not. this is not, like, a definitive top five or any of that stuff. But, like, is there something that's been in your head um, recently? Um, and before, and I'm just going to tease that. Just think about it. I know you brought um, it up the last time because Marcus is wired in a way to where some kind of song is playing in his head. I would t- okay, so, yeah, stop. Just think about it. I'm going to tease that okay. question. Okay, all right. <laughs> but, yeah, like you said, Mark and I have, has, have also been talking. Mm-hmm. Um, we've all been talking about this. Um, but so I'll uh, occasionally ask Mark, um, you know, what his song of the day was, because he told me, I don't know, this was a couple of weeks ago, is like, um, I just have, I pretty much my alarm clock is a song, and it could be, um, um, you know, Blueberry Hill by, um, uh, what's his name, or it could be, um, you know, uh, uh, yeah. Ooh, I I do have an, a recent uh, one New to York share. New York State of Mind by Billy Joel. Okay. What? Um, like a couple of days ago, and I have no idea why it just stuck in my in my brain. But I yeah. woke up and it was "She's Crafty" by the Beastie Boys. Isn't that and I, fucking weird? I could just hear so the beat weird. going on in my head, and I'm, I'm like singing. It's one of those things where I I almost went to YouTube just to listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> she's crafty. She's crafty. She gets a rhyme. She's crafty. It reminds me of Tricky she's by D- Run DMC. Right. Uh, it was off that first she's album tricky, that I. Tricky, that, tricky. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's, it's tricky, so rock, good. Rock, it's so rock, rock, the, right on time. Yeah. Fuck yeah. The great thing about that song is it's so simple. It's, it's, it's three elements. It's two vocals, and and um and a drum track. Well, so and that's that's it. What is your childhood memory that you tie with it? So I can I can immediately um, picture mine. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> I mean, it's not complicated or romantic or anything like that, but it was me and my mother, and I still haven't told her about this because I'm not sure she remembers this. This is my bio mom, by the mm-hmm. way. And I know this is going to get complicated down the road, but bio mom and I have just, like, like 
we're big as thieves right now. I'll probably call her just right after we do this podcast. Right. Um, and um, and a reminder about this because this is craziness. <laughs> this is this is not so. Um, she took me to. Uh, I would visit with her like every other weekend. Okay. And dad, uh, she would. Uh, that was that was the rotation. Around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's every other weekend, right? And so there was a $23 check that exchanged hands. Uh, she would give Dad a $23 check for, for child support. Right. This is, this is My child how support, times brother. have changed. <laughs> $23. <clears throat> yeah, so... Um, and, uh, and she said, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I want to go buy a guitar. Hmm. Like, well, let's do the next best thing. <laughs> And we'll go buy a record. And so I said, okay. And uh, for I don't know how, I don't know why, but Run DMC cassette. Wow. And this is, I was 10. So this is 1984-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, she bought it for me. And, and you know, you, you're looking, she's looking, she's, she can be a little racist. <laughs> uh, I know there's racist. And James, there's not there are racist, Negroes on the front of this album. No, I don't no, know about well, this. But, I mean, she's she's like she'll be like I'm at the bank and this this woman and she's black and that's okay, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and I'm like, mom, it's a person, it's a human being, right? right. So uh, I just, I, whatever, man. She's not going to be around. I'm not going to argue with her. <laughs> I want to I want to make this happy a happy ending, right? Right. Uh, quote unquote. So, so we go in, and um, I don't remember the whole process, but I remember walking out with a Run DMC, uh, the original. I think it was the '84 man. Huh. Um, I, I had to look this up, but their original, I think, is self-titled album. Uh, it may have been tricky. I don't know. Um, but one of my favorite tracks off that album when I got home, Dad had no idea. Cause he would have been, he would have been, he would have lost his uh, mind. Just, oh no, <laughs> he he got mad at one of his girlfriends that he was dating in Jasper, Tennessee, for sharing the Footloose. Oh my god! Uh, soundtrack with me. Your dad exactly. is the preacher in the movie. Exactly, man. <laughs> Precisely. Her name was Tammy. Um. She actually lived in Hailtown, H A L L E, not Helltown, but Hailtown, <laughs> um, which was in Jasper, and it was an hour away. And we went up there every su- Sunday, and it's a whole nother story about that. Anyway, getting back to it, um, Run DMC, um, Tricky uh, has like a huge meaning for me. I remember pulling, she pulling back uh, to the apartment where I was living in Mountain Creek. Yep, like I told you. Bad side of the tracks. Of the <laughs> <laughs> Wrong side of the mountain, babe. It's a big, maybe a little bit of a difference there. Tammy lived on the other side of the tracks. Yes. We lived on the bottom side of the mountain. Tammy was living that and, sweet, uh, sweet <clears throat> Appalachian life. Oh. Yeah, a lot of moonshine up there. So um, I remember her pulling up uh, to my apartment and letting me out uh, because it was the end of our visitation. Yeah. Um, but shit, man, two and one, um, you know, relationship with mom and my first album 
and 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 keeping it from dad all that time. Like I don't think. Oh, so that was your first album ever, then. Run DMC. Wow, that that's that's pretty solid. Yeah, it's special, and I, I. Again, I don't know that she remembers that, but I'm gonna bring that up like subtly. But I, 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 I think we're kind of still dishing out memories and sort of sorting things out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know one thing is for sure that they there there's a solid relationship there. And I, I just, I'm just super super stoked about it. I, I we've talked about this before off you know off the mic and and. I, I don't want to rehash this constantly, um, but it, it's been a really strange path or ex- exploration with reconnecting with um, with these people right. that should have been a huge influence on me mm-hmm. um, for years where I just didn't, I just ignored them. Um, such hmm. a jackass, just such a jerk. Um, ah, don't you beat know, yourself I mean, up. Like to, it, that, it was not a clear picture. It was not a clear picture. Oh, I was for being you very to selfish. Be, to be. No, no, no. And I, and we're, we've talked. That's the thing. We, we, we're, we're our own counselors at this point. Mm-hmm. I, I know I was being very selfish, and so was she. Um, but the thing is, man, we're getting back together, and it's the, the band's back together. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. So everybody's happy. Um, everything's good to go. As long as we're on speaking terms or we're communicating, we're good, man. We can just move forward. And and that's 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 actually the words that that we're using. It's just you know what? That's in the past. It's fun to reminisce. Yeah. Um. But I don't. I don't. I I can't use the word hate or dislike or any of that stuff. I love you, and we're moving forward. And it's like, we're moving forward. Amen. Yeah. And if she wants to use the word Jesus, by all means. You want to use the word prayer, pray for you? Yeah. Fantastic. I'll take it all day long. <laughs> I'll even say it back to her. Right. I'm not really lying because, you know, prayer is just a thought, but uh, I, I'll pray for you. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, I, I, when I... <clears throat> it's, it's an interesting thing, right? What's, what's the difference between prayer and thought? But I mean, I think about you know you and and Mark and and the people that are important in my life, like you know Tom and um, especially Caligula Chris, who needs a lot of <laughs> Jesus prayer. Christ. Uh, exactly. So I mean, it's like just thinking about those people and, and well wishing and and shooting out those positive vibes, man. That's that's prayer in my book. I'll be praying for you, man. Well, that that's cool. Um, I mean, as a staunch uh, you know atheist, like or agnostic. Secular, it's more agnostic yeah, than me. yeah, man. I'll fucking pray for you. If someone says, "Will you pray for me?" I was like, "Absolutely, yeah." I'm not gonna say no just because. <laughs> yes, I to a- Cthulhu. <laughs> <laughs> May his apathy wash over you in an unstoppable tide. <laughs> no, man. It, I, I just I, I'm all about good vibes right now, and and things are you know. All right. Well, hopefully, looking s- up. I just. I think things yeah. are looking up. Speaking of, of energy and vibes, um, I'm going to wrap up this show a little bit early, but not before I tell uh, one more story, um, just because it's getting a little bit late here, and I'm, I'm hoping to sneak in a sure. workout. I, I just haven't you know, gotten a workout in quite a while. Um, so Show off. <laughs> so I went to, <laughs> I went to England, and those that listen uh, or know me know that I travel a good bit for work. 
the downside sure. of the nature. <laughs> well, aren't you special? Um, <laughs> my mama says so. Uh, Lord, so, so the downside of the uh, the tempo of all the travel that I do for work is that I really don't have downtime there. It's you're literally there for less than 20 hours and you're having your meeting and you're coming back and that is fucking it. And then you're right back out the door the next day. It's it's kind of exhausting. So the the point of me Champagne sh- problems was Yeah, them. well the the point of me sharing that is that I actually had a London trip that was longer than the standard like 18 to 20ish hours on the ground. Yeah. And it had a later departure. Like, we weren't having to leave at the ass crack of dawn the next day. We actually got to leave at, like, noon the next day or something like that. So I decide a bucket list item that I have never addressed uh, out of all the things that I want to see in my life. I say, you know what? I, I want to see Stonehenge. And I, re- I realize <laughs> it's not right next door to London, but I think it's doable with, with this amount of time. <clears throat> right. So I start doing research. And going to Stonehenge from London is kind of a pain in the ass, uh, especially if you're not. And, and I didn't, you know, I was up all night on the flight. There was no way that you were going to put me behind the wrong side of a fucking car to navigate British roads <laughs> and hope that I didn't fall asleep side. and or go into the wrong lane yeah. and get into some horrific accident. Um, that's so, good, dude. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So I, I said, OK, well, it has to be public transit. So the only way to do a public transit, well, there's a, a booking company that handles the tickets if you're not buying them directly from the station. And the route- Why aren't you Ubering the shit out of this? Ooh, expensive. Really expensive. Like cabs well, in England- Well, you write it off, right? No, not at all. <laughs> oh, sorry, no, go ahead. So this, oh, you Uber pull. That's what you do. <laughs> I should have just hitchhiked, showed, showed some leg, be like, hey, sailor. <laughs> how long are you in port? <laughs> I don't know, man. You, you own a dress. You could probably, you know, sorry, go all Tim 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 Curry on it. Um, so, <laughs> mm. how do you do? I <laughs> see you met my faithful handyman. <laughs> That'd be a miserable, a miserable um, ex- hitchhike experience for sure, man. Oh, Three God. and a half hours out in the the mist. Oh, short story. I was fooled by a hit. I was fooled by a pair of hitchhikers once. I was like driving along by myself in Hawaii. This is whenever I was single. I see this hot girl with her thumb out on the side of the road. I like sl- and I'm oh, in, no. in I'm in dad's convertible. I slow down and be like, "Yeah, hop on in." And then her hippie, oh, dirty, Lord. filthy boyfriend comes out of like a ravine that he was hiding in in the side of the road oh, and they shit. both get into the fucking car like, "Oh, god damn it." <laughs> Talk about a bait Crack and, and the switch. Dick of death. Oh god. Mobile? Oh my god. It's just horrible. Uh, so anyway, back to back to Stonehenge. So the yeah. route ends up being complicated because I had to take a bus from, and I went straight from the airport. I didn't even go. I didn't even go back to the hotel because there wasn't enough time for that. So I've got like a sixty-pound backpack on my back, and then I've got like a food uh, cooler that I'm carrying around with me, which is probably another ten to twenty-ish pounds. And I have to get on a bus from the airport. The bus takes me to Salisbury Station, where I then have to get on a train. Have to ride that train for like, yeah, they really do. Um, Have to ride that train for two and a half hours to to Salisbury. Um, (laughs) 
or or maybe another. I don't, I'm blanking on the names. And uh, I get there, and then I had to get on a dedicated bus that just goes to Stonehenge. Yeah. Um, and I get on there, and I was just I was determined to do this as cheaply as possible. So this odyssey probably takes me between two and three hours altogether. And I get off of the bus and the bus driver's like, well, yeah, um, I'll be back here at four. I said, well, it's like two forty right now. He goes, yeah, well, well that, I mean, that, what's the look at it an hour and a half. He goes, well, that's the last time that I go back. Uh, okay. Uh, he goes, so go over to that welcome center. That's where you get your tickets. So I had pre-ordered the tickets to go you up to the welcome center. To- oh, oh yeah, for the for the bus. No, no, no. You you have to have ticket to get into Stonehenge too. Fuck me! What the? F- it's out in a freaking where cows roam. Like goats are well, out there but and they, shit. What? But they've get but they've this got a Scotland, society man. that kind of preserves it, you know, and and maintains a little museum for it and shit like that. So I was okay. I it, mean, it wasn't just oh, a complete geez. profit grab. Um, but I, I get my tickets and I'm talking to the very n- nice girl at the window and she says, well, hey, you know, and, and I'm already like, I'm, I'm straight out of a fucking thriller video. I'm like the zombie at this point because I've been awake for <laughs> 26, 28 hours straight kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, she goes, well, so what do you want to do? Do you, do you want like the, the little audio thing where you can put it in your ear and hear history? And I told her, I said, look, honestly... I just want to go see it and just kind of experience it. I just want to be there and right. You know, and she and she said, "Well, that's the best way." So she pulls out this map. She goes, "Well, what you'll want to do is you'll go through our, you know, you'll go through this entrance that's right in front of you, and then you're going to veer off to the left on this little yellow rock path, and then you're going to cross over this these fields." And then in the fields, you've got some of the burial mounds and stuff like that that are technically part of the site, but you got to keep going. Okay. So what they didn't tell me, James, is that there's like a two-mile walk between the fucking Welcome Center and the actual the site of Stonehenge. <clears throat> right. Oh, my God. And so I I'm, Unbel- I, and I, I look at it, and I'm like, uh, okay. And keep in mind, I've still got this like 60-pound pack on my bag that has now turned into essentially a rucksack that you know the military you trains into with. a donkey man <laughs> and this and this fucking heavy cooler that i'm carrying around too so i start walking down the path that she's and there's like a very like small historical center where i was i was afraid that if i spent too much time there like reading all the plaques and everything that i would run out of time to oh. see the actual site so I breeze through there. I start walking along the path that she tells me. So I veer off of this this road. I go over to the left. They don't rent uh, beasts of burden there. No, to no, nothing like that. You on your way, like um, and and the thing Canyon. is, is like if you wanna if you wanna pay like the top dollar, you can get on these really fancy tours. That you've got a tour guide. They take you right up to it, et cetera, et cetera. But I wasn't doing that. I was getting out on the cheap. So I'm walking through this field. I'm checking my watch the entire time, <laughs> thinking, "Well, national, shit, you know." It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a world wonder, and they want to charge money for that shit. <laughs> like charging money to get on the Great Wall of China. Does that happen? Is that a thing? They they all charge it's, money. You got to buy tickets to go to see Machu Picchu too. You know, it, it's all the same, man. 
Fuck. That just takes it down a notch for me. Uh, you know, Fuck. like I said, if it's an organization that's actually preserving the site, I don't have problems with it. But anyway, no, so, I, so I, I, back I to the you, Odyssey. It, I, sh- I feel like it should be uh, for the for the public. For the people, and, yeah. Know, they should. Oh fuck yeah, man! You know, like you know, public uh, health, universal health care. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It should be. You know, I know Mark would probably disagree with me there, but uh, it should be for everybody, shared among the. You know, the <laughs> this message has been paid for by Bernie Sanders. Um, so, <laughs> all right. So I do sound a little. All right, I'm go going ahead, through the cow fields, right, and um, and walking and walking. And what's weird is like every once in a while, there's a sign that warns you not to get close to the livestock because they can get aggressive. So that tells me that they've had some kind of like cow mauling incidents or something in the past. I told you about the livestock. And I'm climbing kind of uh, over and around these burial mounds um, that are that are along the way. And what yeah. she had told me is like, okay, if you if you go on this path to the left and you go through this, you know, these over these hills and through the fields, and then there's a road that links up from the back. And if you come up from the back, it looks like the stones are floating. Well, I didn't have time to circle around the entire fucking structure after walking two miles and come to it from the back. So at some point, walking through the fields... I just change my angle to where I'm going to intersect directly with Stonehenge, and I see it there in the distance with, you know, what looks like a mass of ants around it, which was which were the people. I mean, that's easily that were there. a 45 minute uh, walk. Oh yeah, right? yeah. It's it's probably between 30 and 40 minutes. So you're pushing time. Yeah, I'm pushing time, and I um, I'm walking over, and there's there's two guys that work for the society that maintains the site. And apparently the first guy... You have to maintain. What the fuck do you maintain with... I can't understand. (laughs) I just don't understand. So the first guy's job, uh, to the best that I can tell, his job was to tell me to go talk to the second guy. Because that's all he was doing. Like, anybody that was walking up was like, yeah, you'll want to go talk to that guy and show him your ticket. Oh, okay. And his best Sean Connery. (laughs) Right, right. And fucking overly sexy Welsh, you know. Yeah. So I walk over to the second guy, right? And uh, I fish out my ticket from my heavy-ass bag that I've been lugging on my back. I'm sweating like a whore in church at this point. It's, it's just bad. And I'm thinking, okay, oh, I'm finally here. I've probably got about 20 minutes that I can look at this thing before i got to turn back around and go back Welcome so that I can make miles. it to catch the only bus ride that I've got home at 4 p.m. And I, I cock my head and look over, and I see like a giant tour bus-looking thing. But it's got the logo of the historical society on it that runs the site. And I look oh, back yeah. at him. I say, that's not a free shuttle in between here and the Welcome Center, is it? He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, you can hop right on there. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I was like, God, Gotta be. God damn it. I Go. wish somebody had told me that from the beginning because I would have ridden that fucker right from the Welcome Center. Well, now you have all that character yes all those, all those memories of that two, of that hour <laughs> of that field that you had, yeah man. of old dead celtics that now, i probably now, w- walked on top of <laughs> right and now you have content for your podcast <laughs> motherfucker uh Delphers bastard so the uh, celts not celtics but uh, anyway so i i go over to the site no right? no i said selfish selfish I no no, no i had, i had too. said walked over celtics which is a basketball team i was oh, walking oh, over oh. celts uh 
So, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I walk over finally to these big fucking rocks, and it's smaller in person than what you expect. Like when you see yeah. it in TV shows and the movies and, and whatnot. Yeah, they look gigantic. And I'm going over there, and I went on this journey, James. I was kind of looking for a little bit of a profound spiritual, you know, like, am I going to feel the something? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I know. Um, and <laughs> first of all, some of the magic is gone because when you see the when you see Stonehenge on TV and in the movies, it's just open, right? Well, in reality, it's very rare that they open it to the public to where you can actually walk around the stones. They have this cordoned barrier at a very wide diameter outside of the stones. Oh, you can't walk up and touch the stone. Hell no, you can't, which was a bummer because I was was wanting to be able to say, yeah, I put my hand on the stones at Stonehenge, you know? Um, And so, and the other thing is like, and this is going to sound really, it's going to sound really hokey because it is really hokey and corny. Um, whenever I was like a really confused youth looking for answers, uh, especially in my early college years, you'll remember me, James. I had this this pinnacle that I would wear, right? Uh, especially to our I, rock band that's, shows. That's, that's the second thing I think about every time I hear your name. <laughs> I'm I'm not kidding. <laughs> that that was actually charmed for me by a witch, a gay male witch, uh, in in Texas uh, that I was friends oh, yeah, with. Yeah, Austin. Yeah. Keep it weird. Yeah. And uh, I had always, I had always treasured that, even after kind of my own personal beliefs migrated in a different sure. direction than that, right? Uh, but yeah. I, had, I told myself, I said, I'm gonna bring that pinnacle with me to Stonehenge, oh, and I you think something's gonna happen. I knew, well, I didn't know something was gonna happen, but I'm like, I'm gonna touch it to the stones, and if there's energy in that stones, it's gonna go to this pinnacle, and it'll be something. Who knows? Um, and I would be able to reach back out to the guy that charmed it and say, hey, just so you know, you know, I took this, I took this to, to Stonehenge. So immediately these cordons keeping, you know, all the Japanese tourists and me away ruined that plan from, from the get-go. So oh, I, I take some pictures. I'm trying to take selfies that, you know, again, I'm like the zombie out of Thriller. So I'm like, how can I make the least worst-looking picture? And my, my shirt is so disheveled from this 60 pound backpack, you know, bouncing up and down as I'm walking this distance that I I look like a homeless guy. Uh, So I I just focus the (laughs) selfie on the face and the stones only kind of thing. Um, And some people helped took a picture of me and I I took pictures of them too. So I I wrap it up and I took a little bit more time because I knew that I could ride a bus heading back. So I ride the bus heading back. And the thing is, is like, in the beginning, like right after the Welcome Center, they have some big ass stones that aren't cordoned off. Like the kids can touch them and stand next to them. And um, <clears throat> and I, I'm thinking two things. I'm thinking, well, first of all, I gotta get a magnet from here because that's one of our things that my wife and I do. Like when we travel somewhere unique, we pick up a magnet, it goes on the fridge, right. and the fridge turns into yep. this kind of reflection of you know the different places in the world that Your we've we've visited to, yeah. Sure. So I get the magnet from the gift shop, and then this big, big fucking stone that you know has a plaque, obviously telling something important about it, kind of thing. Um, and I'm thinking, okay, this is f- this is from the site, and you know what? I am gonna take this pinnacle out. I'm gonna touch it to this stone. I will fulfill my <laughs> mission to like somehow physically connect, um, you know, th- this thing with. Uh, yeah. With with where it technically, you know, in terms of theology, you know, originated from, right? 
So I take it out. I go to the other side of the stone so I just don't look like a goober. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of place it in my closed hand on the large stone, hold it there for a second or two. I'm, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm done. You know, I, I've done this. I've been here. You know, I did something a little bit off the beaten path. I, I did something special. Let's pack it up. Let's let's head on back. And as I'm circling the stone to get back in the direction of the tour buses, I look down at the plaque and it says, this authentic replica of what a Stonehenge piece may have looked like during the building phases. Oh my God. The entire thing was just man-made fucking resin, right? Ah. Nothing special, nothing tying it to the site, nothing historic whatsoever. Um, so I, I just, I just shook my head. I so, go, okay, that's, that's the, that's the universe telling me that I'm done now. And I just, well, I'll, head I'll, on I'll back. Yeah, well, I, perhaps, I mean, there's symbolism on symbolism there. What you're, what you just <laughs> said, you know, the, um, saying the universe is telling you that this is not the thing or the place or the, the why or the how, but man, <laughs> I think it's all about like, we need to start having a little bit more confidence in um, our in, in in Christianity. It says that, or at least in the Bible, it says that we're made in um, God's image, right? Well, that can go a lot of different ways, man. Because right. I know I don't have a God's power. I don't. I'm not omniscient. I'm not omnipotent. But if I'm made in God's image in any way. Um, man, I, maybe you're going on a tangent. Sorry, and I'll, I'll no, that's fine. It. That's fine. Um, I want to hear it. It's it, it's it's interesting to me that I get an intellect and an idea, um, uh, or an ideal about um, uh, how the world works and and things like that. And I was growing up in a church, and I I proselytized to people and 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 all that kind of thing. God, don't you but, feel like an ass thinking of that? Like I'm thinking of the people that I told, you know, like, hey, you know, I worry about you because you're not Christian and all this. I'm like, my God. I God. I oh man, I got stories, but we'll 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 get back to that because <laughs> right. uh, I well okay. So one time I proselytized to my best friend. Oh God, um, I did the same I thing. Just, <laughs> and and. That ruined our relationship. That ruined our that one friend that I had in wow. high school. It just it just burned it. It just and that was that was probably when um, religion became an enemy for me. Huh. Um, but I, I'm still kind of like I'm, I'm 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 as open to I'm more open to the alternative and open to uh, spirituality and and. Um, um, well, to spirituality and, and to, to a God um, than most religious people are open to science. Yeah. So um, so I, I feel like there's a, a maybe a balance there, but there there's still, it's like Israel and Iran right now. Like they're just kind of going back and forth and it's just really complicated. There's no balance there. But in my heart, in my mind, um, if I found evidence that was compelling enough I would definitely say there was a god but I can't say that because I don't there's no proof I don't I don't have the proof and all comes down to that six letter word um how did we get the fuck on that um 
I wanted to ask you, and I want to tease you for the next podcast, um, if I may. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a compelling story. Thank you for sharing. Well, that. no, it's it's not quite done yet, actually. Oh, oh. So okay, well, I have teased the tease. <laughs> All, right. All right. So I so I hop. In, don't don't get me wrong. It doesn't end in some climactic fashion, but it does. It does. <laughs> it does have something fucked up happen at the end. Um. So. Again, I was trying to spend as little money as possible. And at this point, it yeah. was like a moral imperative. It, it wasn't that I couldn't afford certain things that would have made this day easier. Yeah. It's like, God damn it, I am going to do this on the cheap, on the cheap, cheap, cheap. So I reverse the course. I get on the bus, back to the train station, the train station to the bus station, the bus station back to Heathrow. And oh and the thing is, is that at that point, I, I was at a hotel that was close to the airport, right? But the the hotel, yeah. the airport is designed in a way to where you can't just walk out of the airport and get to that area surrounding. They've intentionally made it very unfriendly to pedestrian traffic. Why the fuck would they do that? It just it's something that some places do, and so I I'm thinking well. I'm sure as shit not going to pay 25 pounds for a short-ass taxi ride to the hotel. So I start doing some research, and I find out, well, there are some free city buses that take me close-ish to the hotel I was staying at. With a 60-pound rucksack on your Yes, and so I get dropped off like two miles from the hotel. I got to hike that with the fucking backpack on my back and the cooler. I get to the hotel and I'm just spent. I mean, at this point, it's nighttime. It's like nine o'clock at night, um, and I. What time do you have to be out? Uh, probably by ten, I would say, the next morning. So that wasn't too horrible. Um, yeah. But I check in, and something happened that had never happened to me before, James. And at this point, I've been up for thirty-six hours at least, and. I'm checking in and I'm having a hard time kind of like grasping language as I'm talking to the girl uh, uh-huh. to check in. I get my key, I go up to my room and something was fucked up with my room. Like that something wasn't working right in the bathroom or, or something like that. And um, I called up uh, once to a uh, yeah, and I was trying to complain. I was like, "Hey, this is uh, this is Craig. This is um, the guy that went to the place. It's up on a hill. It has rocks. I literally could not grasp the name Stonehenge out of my brain. Wow, it was Craig. malfunctioning <laughs> to that level, and that scared the shit out of me because it was like getting a glimpse of what Alzheimer's must be like, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was like, "I'm sorry. I I can't." think of the word right now and at the end of the like as the phone call is hanging up i i say stonehenge you know and and you know and then i had to call back later because i uh i needed uh (laughs) this is kind of funny call back five minutes later i had a question about accessing the internet i said uh yeah this is captain amnesia calling and the girl goes hello captain (laughs) and the the girl in a you know proper (laughs) british accent goes hello captain (laughs) (laughs) hello Oh, and it, that's awesome. And if it was the girl I was talking to when I checked in, she was just this mega cute, like, Indian chick, too. And I was just, I was just laughing and shaking my head. Like, oh, God. These are the impressions I make 
um, you know, on the, the beauties of the Amnesia. world. Yeah. Why am I here again? Oh, the, right. <laughs> it reminds me of like Tom Hanks' skit on Saturday Night Live, uh, Mr. Short Term Memory. <laughs> it's like he's there with his girlfriend. Guy comes up, it's like, who are you? Uh, oh, I'm your I'm your waiter. Uh, I've got water coming for you. Would you like a glass of champagne? It's like, sure. He brings a glass of champagne. It's like, I didn't order that. <laughs> it's like, <"What?" laughs> he, he brings up, he starts like, um, so uh, here's your salad. You ordered the uh, the romaine with the, the Caesar dressing. And it's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and he looks over to his girlfriend or his wife or something, maybe even. He's like, who are you? Who the fuck are you? <laughs> he gets up out of his chair. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, it's a whole process, right. but I, and I'm, I'm making small of it, but it, it was just I, I get I get chills thinking about just <laughs> Mr. Shorts and memory at a restaurant. Oh, that would be That's horrific! A it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. <laughs> have you oh, have you God, ever had like exposure to, to somebody with amnesia? I I'm sure well, we've I all mean, had some exposure to dementia and, and that kind of memory loss, but. Oh well, you'd have to rub it in, man. I'm I'm only 43. <laughs> no, it, um, it, it, a little side story. My my mom got <laughs> hit by a drunk driver when she was in college. Horrific accident. I mean, really yeah. fucked her up. And one of the side of, I mean, he he hit her hard enough to where she got amnesia, and lost oh, wow. a lot of memories. And she didn't know who my dad was. He had to reintroduce himself and say, "Hey, I'm I'm your fiance." And she just had to kind of take him at his word. That's some scary shit. And then shit, relearn man. each other. Yeah. Can you imagine me? I mean, faced the with memories that? came back, right? She she knew like where they met no, and things like that. No, that like back, like right? no, she didn't. Um, it, it 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 didn't come back. Like she, I think that. Well, I don't know. I I, mean, I, sh I should ask. Them. In love or something after that? Kind of. I think. Um, Hey, this is actually. I, I'm sorry to tease the listeners, but my bat, my uh, my computer's about to run out of battery. I had to unplug it because the excessive U, uh, All right, EU before voltage you, caused whatever, noise. Whatever, but before you go, I want to tease something okay. for the listeners tease it. as well. Tease is it. How to guide. I want you to write, or, or at least explain a how-to guide to writing a hardcore or hard case song. Okay, all right, that's that's in the memory banks. We got we got right, a man. line off for now because if this computer dies in the middle of us recording, all will be lost. Um, so oh. for Age and Confused, man, this is Craig and uh, James, and, and and James. Thanks for listening. Love you guys. Yeah, we'll see you next. Thanks for time. listening. All right, bye. Well, when does he get it? He doesn't. Why not? Because he broke the rules. What rules? We didn't see any rules, did we, Charlie? Wrong, sir. Wrong. Wrong, sir. Wrong. Wrong, sir. Wrong. Wrong, sir. Wrong. You lose. A contract signed by him. You